You're listening to audio from Gospel Light Christian Church. If you'd like to check out more of our resources or support our ministry, please visit gospellight.sg. All right, today, on a Sunday, the last Sunday of November, 35 years ago, 16 people gathered in a little room in the Hilton. Of the 16, 12 are still here with us. We thank God for that. Four have left, not because they didn't like us or something happened. Four left because they were called home to be with the Lord. Two were my parents, two were my wife's parents, and all the rest are still here. We thank God for all of them who have been instrumental in helping start this church. Now, today as we look back, we have a goal. Our goal is very, very simple, all right? Our goal is so that we will know as we look back how we should behave in the house of God, which is the pillar and the buttress, maybe in our word, foundation of truth. Now, in those days, in old towns written like 2,000 years ago, towns basically had very low-lying houses, nothing very impressive, no high-rise houses, but occasionally there was a building that was very, very impressive, a nice solid pillar, you know, like you call it Corinthian pillars or whatever, those kind of architecture, you know, the, the S, where the building maybe housed the Roman, the Roman governor or maybe housed some Greek god. You know, the pillar stood up for something. It declared something, all right, that this is the house of the Roman governor or something like that. So what does this house stand for? We must be declaring to the people around here, by our lives as a church, we are children of God, all right? And that's the goal that we should have, and it's by our behavior, all right? It's not a building. Church is people. And so today, at the end of this message, we want to know how we ought to behave, how we ought to behave in a way that would glorify God, that will announce who Christ really is, right? So that's our goal for today's message. Now, last week's message was very different. Last week's message was basically challenging us to be the last lap runner in this great relay race, you know, to bring the gospel to the world. It was also a strong uh, warning to us that don't fool around. God gave us a commandment last week that we should make disciples. It's not an option. It's a commandment. Make disciples of all nations. So last week's message was strong. It was meant to be strong. This week's message hopefully be a little more reflective. So you look back, realize, okay, that's what God has done. As you look at the moment, okay, that's why we are like this. And as we look at the future, what we should be like, all right? Now, for many people, gospel light has these characteristics. I hear this all the time. Hey, you guys, every week you just preach from the Bible, uh, verse by verse. Uh. Wow, boring, right? <laughs> you know, it's quite common. People say, you mean next week is still like that? You mean Corinthians goes on for one year? I say, yes, that's our character. That's what we do. We teach the Bible, right? Then the second thing they'll ask you, every week, Pastor Jason, we just preach about Jesus Christ. He died for our sins. You must trust him. You mean every week you have to preach the gospel? Yes. Right? That's our character. <clears throat> and, wow, you mean in this church, uh, 
The fellow serving coffee is a general. Uh. Wow, are you serious? Uh? No, I'm serious. Oh, the fellow cutting vegetables is a colonel. Yeah, 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 I'm, I'm serious. You know, it's like, are you joking? No, I'm not joking. It's very serious. This is our character in our church, all right? <clears throat> and then, the church is like a family. All the time, eat together. Everybody happy, happy. Uh. You know? Everybody just call you, hey, PC, uh. I, I call my wife Nancy. I say, yeah, 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 we're just a family. That's how we are, all right? And then lastly, you all never ask for money. You don't preach tithing. I know I never preach tithing in my life. All right. You don't preach about money. No, I don't. It's very different from other churches. Yes, it is. Why? Because God has always provided for us. Right? So these are five common things I hear about our church. Each church has a different character. Just like each family. You have different families here. The Tans, the Lims, the Wongs. Each of you will have a different character. Certain things stand out. You say, wow, your family is very joking. Huh? Wow, your family is like this. Wow, always eating. Huh? You know, each family has a character. And neither is better or worse, but that's your character. Right? And so we do have a character. Right? And now the question is, why do we have this character? How did it come about? Right? So it's good to know your past so you understand your present. Right? So <clears throat> Bible teaching. Why are we a Bible teaching church verse by verse? <clears throat> right? Well, the answer is, for me, I was brought up in a Christian family. <clears throat> went to Sunday school as long as I can remember. Went to a Christian school, heard chapel and everything. Nothing seemed to sink in. I'm sure the teachers did their best. I'm sure they used the Bible verses. <clears throat> Somehow, nothing got into this numbskull. <clears throat> and at 33 years old, one day, in pure boredom, I opened a Bible, and I started to read line by line. First time in my life, all right? <clears throat> and after reading for maybe, I'm not sure, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, God touched my heart, and I got saved. <clears throat> After that, six months later, my wife, for some reason, opened my Bible when I was asleep, and she read the book of Revelation. You know, women like to read from the last chapter of a book. That's her style. And so she reads Revelation, and I don't know, I don't know until which chapter, she can't even remember, but the next morning she asked me, is that real? I said, yeah, it's real. And I shared the gospel, and her life was changed. All right? So basically, we understood. She also grew up in a Christian school. She had been chapel all her life. I'm sure good preachers had preached in a chapel. I, she even told me she went out for altar, you know, trusted the Lord, I don't know how many times. All right? But nothing really happened <clears throat> until she read the Word of God. <clears throat> so for us, the Word of God had this special kind of power in it. The Word of God is living. It's not a boring word. It's not a dry word. It's not an archaic word. And Pastor Jason was the same. Pastor Jason came to church. You all heard the story. He sits at the back looking at me, shaking his head. And this boring pastor goes from verse to verse. And somewhere, somewhere along the way, God worked in his heart. And today, he does the same thing. He preaches verse by verse. We believe the Word of God is the most powerful thing, the most powerful instrument that we have as God's servants. <clears throat> so, what do we do? We teach the Bible verse by verse. All the old gospel writers here remember in the clinic, we would have, you know, lunchtime, verse by verse. <clears throat> Give out notes, verse by verse. 
I don't know what, half of them never came back, <coughs> but some somehow got touched and something happened in their life. All right? So that's the roots for our being rooted in the scriptures. We believe the word of God is the truth. <clears throat> what is truth? We're told all kinds of truth. We're told by people, hey, you're rich, you'll be happy. Wow, you're popular, you'll be happy. You know, we're told all this nonsense. <clears throat> and we believe it. <clears throat> and I believed it for years. <clears throat> until the word of God, the truth, set me free. <clears throat> right? The truth will set you free. Suddenly I realized all that is nonsense. All that so-called you know, you get popular, you'll be happy, you get more property, you'll be happy. Yeah, for 10 minutes, for 10 days, for 10 weeks. After that, <clears throat> you try new things, you experience new things, whoa, and then <clears throat> goes down again. <clears throat> right? But the truth set us free. It taught us that there is something more than the truths that are marketed in this world. <clears throat> so that's our roots, okay? <clears throat> Secondly, gospel preaching. For me, I read the Gospel of John, right? And by the time I reached John chapter 3, I asked myself, I said, I heard this verse before, I memorized this in my school, I memorized this in Sunday school. For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, whoever believes in Him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. I knew this. I could memorize, I could just rattle it off. But that day, in April 1980, in that moment of boredom, I read it. And I asked myself, God so loved the world, He gave. I'm not stupid. If somebody gives you something, it's worthless until you receive. <clears throat> Did you receive the gift? <laughs> no. I memorized the verse. I knew the verse. Did I ever receive Jesus as my Savior? Mm, no. And at that day, April 1980, Sat there, I received Jesus as my Savior. <clears throat> Life changed completely. All right? Everything I believed before, every behavior I had before, every dream I had before, I look at it and say, what a joke. <clears throat> Nonsense, all this. All this stuff that they told you is the, the real life, the success. It was nonsense. It was emptiness. It just fake, <coughs> temporary. <coughs> and my wife, six months later, asked me, is this true? I said, yeah, it's true. Shared the gospel with her and her life was changed. <coughs> Completely changed. Now, it's been 40 years, 42 years to be exact. <coughs> and you know, the gospel really changes lives. <coughs> Unbelievable. I don't have the property, I don't have the possessions, I don't have all those things that I used to have, but I have peace that passes all understanding. <laughs> I have a joy that is so full, I don't care about what's happening around me. All right? This I cannot explain. I cannot buy. There's no way you can have it, except through receiving Jesus as your Savior. You can ask Pastor Jason the same thing. Smart Alec, smart kid, you know, wanting all these things. But all that was meaningless until he received the gospel and for Pastor Jason's like 20 years ago, it's never been the same. And I'm sure many of you can say exactly the same thing. The gospel 
changes lives. Who is the gospel about? Centered on the Savior. That's why in this church we always talk about Christ, what He did for us, not about religion, not what you can do to get to heaven. Are you crazy? Can you reach heaven? You know how high it is? Can you ever please God? You know how holy God is? God has seen everything. Unless God comes down and gives himself for us, there's no one can ever. You can jump seven feet high. You can take a pole vault and go 20 feet high. You'll never reach anywhere near even the top of a tree, <laughs> let alone heaven. <clears throat> it's the gospel that changes lives, all right? So we preach the Savior. We share the gospel every Sunday, and that means a lot to us. In this church, we realize everything else is secondary. You can learn all the Bible knowledge, you can get all the best training, you can get all the best friends, but if you don't know the gospel, you haven't begun. You have nothing, you're bankrupt. <clears throat> Whatever you have, but when you have the gospel, Whatever you don't have, you have everything. <clears throat> a peace that passes understanding, the fullness of joy, a future so clear in your own heart <clears throat> that I'll be there. <clears throat> in this new heaven and new earth, I'll be there. <clears throat> how do you know, PC? How are you so sure? In there. <clears throat> it's like asking a guy, how do you know you're in love? He said, Pastor, don't be stupid. I know because I know. <clears throat> how do you know you like durian? Because I eat, I like... <clears throat> It's personal. It's there. You can't argue with it. And for me, it's 40 years. It's not a fake. <clears throat> All right? So my question is, we don't worry about the rest. question is to all of you here, <clears throat> one question. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? Do you believe that on that cross 2,000 years ago, all your sins, past, present, future, all taken on Him, and He said, it is finished. <clears throat> Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Till you have settled that, till you have the confidence that I have trusted Jesus, Jesus as my Savior, all the rest is immaterial. <clears throat> okay? And that's what we determine to know. Nothing else about you. I don't care whether you're a big shot, small shot, no shot. Have you trusted Jesus as your Savior? All right? That's our church here. That's our flavor. That's our character. <clears throat> Next thing is serving others. <clears throat> Why is this church like this? Why is it everybody wants to serve and the rich serve the poor and everybody's perfectly comfortable with that? You see all those inverted commas? That's a church of X, right? We have seven things that are church of X. One of this is genuine in sacrifice, just willing to be nothing for others, right? <clears throat> now, the reason the roots are CBD to FDW. You all know what CBD is? You know, right? Don't know. <laughs> it's not the name of a boy band, right? It's Central Business District, right? Maybe it's an old term, I don't know. FDW, most of you probably don't know. Do you know what it is? It's nothing to do with Forex, it's got nothing to do with FTX or anything like that. What is it? Foreign Domestic Workers. <clears throat> That's the roots of our church. Okay? Our roots of our church was, for me, it was a clinic. Clinic was in CBD. I had several clinics there. And everybody was a banker and, you know, decent jobs, nice jobs. So those are the people I shared, did Bible study with. They trusted a lot. 
My wife didn't work in CBD. She and her friends went to botanical gardens. Now, in those days, FDWs were rare. This is 35 years ago, right? Foreign domestic workers were just appearing on our scene before Singaporeans were doing the job themselves, right? And so, FDWs, foreign domestic workers, had nowhere to go. There was no Lucky Plaza. There were none of these businesses for them. So, the only place they were accepted was nowhere, botanical gardens. <clears throat> and so, they would go there. My wife and her friends would just go serve them, buy coke for them, buy snacks for them, help them in whatever problems they have, and share the gospel with them. So we had two roots, CBD, FDWs. And when we came together, shortly after we started, we brought the two groups together. <clears throat> That's a very weird combination. Some of the, shall we say, the richest in town, and some of the most nobodies in town, the last of these, <clears throat> came together. And it fascinated me that the doctors in the group, the bankers in the group, would happily serve the nobodies. Happily. Nobody said a word. They just happily did it. And so that was our roots from the beginning. And it made me touch me because that's exactly what Christ did. Christ left the glory of heaven, came to this earth, to die for us. And I saw that and I said, wow, this is precious. You can't teach people this. But somehow, they just automatically did it. Now, of course, today, you know, in our church, that's quite common. If you come early in the morning, you go to the kitchen and you see all the people cooking. Oh, this guy is here. Oh, then you go and drink coffee after this. Oh, it's my boss. He's the general in the whatever. You know, and all of a sudden, we get shocked. Pastor, is he the one? I say, yeah, he is. <clears throat> He's serving coffee. Yeah. <clears throat> Why? Why do you do that? Because that's what Jesus did. <clears throat> you see, Jesus taught for three years. He taught parables. But on the last night, he had to sum up all the parables into one act. <clears throat> and that was the washing of feet. We all know the story. <clears throat> The Bible tells us Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands, he owned the universe, he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper, he laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet to wipe them with a towel that's wrapped around him. Now to you, what does this mean? <clears throat> to take away your robes... <clears throat> And just to put a towel around you was a slave's garb. All non-slaves had a rope of some kind that, that showed your status. <clears throat> when you took off all this, you were back to slave. You're nothing. With just a loincloth, a towel around you, you were a slave. You were dressed like a slave. That's what Jesus did. Of course, the disciples had come for the Last Supper. They had come to a place where... They had borrowed the upper room, okay? Those of you Christians are familiar with this story. And because they borrowed this room for the Last Supper, there were no resident slaves at that time to wash the feet. Normally, in a typical house of those days, the wealthy house, everybody go to the house, and the slave, usually the lowest slave, the slaves also had ranking, you know? Some slaves took care of the, the kitchen, some slaves took care of the kids, you know? 
the lowest slave, the no-skilled fellow, right, would be at the door to wash feet of the guests who come in. You see, those days people didn't wear shoes, they didn't wear socks, they didn't come in a car. They came walking with sandals and had dirty feet. And of course, they also didn't eat like us with our feet on the ground. They ate this way, lying down. You know, you've seen Cleopatra, you know how to eat grapes, right? The feet are up. Now, so when a guy comes in with unwashed feet and his feet up, that's quite weird for him. Imagine your feet got a bit of sheep dung or cow dung or whatever, and you've got your feet up on a chair, all right? And so when they all came in and they popped into the place for the Last Supper, nobody wanted to wash feet. Why should I do it? I'm a disciple of Jesus. Why should I wash feet? And so all 12 of them awkwardly entered the room and put their feet up, their dirty feet. So what did Jesus do? He saw a need. So he summarized his life, his entire life, in this one practical lesson. He came not to be served, but to serve. He came to meet our greatest need, our sin. None of us could have settled that need. He came and settled it on the cross for us. So that was his act. And then he goes on to say, you call me teacher and Lord? You're right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I've given you an example that you, should, you also should do just as I have done. You see, he was teaching a lesson for us. He said, you call me Lord, 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 you call me teacher. You know, all of us go Bible class. We learn from Jesus. We learn from our Bible teacher. But do we produce people like this? I hope so. Because the more we know of God through the Bible, the more we know of Jesus through the Bible, the more we'll be like this. <clears throat> right? So I'm, when I see this in the church, I am so thankful I don't have to tell people, hey, can you volunteer to serve coffee? Hey, can you volunteer to cut my show? I'm shocked when I see them there. And I'm thankful. Just the desire to serve. All right? And this has been a hallmark of this church from the beginning. People with big BMWs picking up domestic workers, picking up people and just bringing them in their cars. People with big jobs just washing dishes happily. All right? And that is... Christianity. Right? This church can have all the crosses on the top. It's not the same as one of you willing to serve. It's a more powerful message than PJ's preaching week after week. One of you. All right. So, that's another character of the church. Serving others. Family. What's family? Family is a certain spirit. I cannot explain it. You know, family spirit, we... we we just are willing to do things for each other. <clears throat> Some say it's the blood, it's blood is thicker than water, whatever. You know, in a family, mothers are willing to sacrifice. You know, you hear somebody have a problem, you just chip in. You know, it's auto almost. It's kind of spirit. Joyfully giving to our children, to our whatever. <clears throat> our grandma is old. That's family. <clears throat> well, in this church, I'm thankful we are a family. <clears throat> now, what are the roots of this? What are the roots? 
I think one of the roots is we never had a strong clergy laity structure. All right? In some churches, for various reasons, the whole structure is there's a clergy, kind of professional clergy, with certain dress code, certain titles you call them, you know, and their wives have a certain chair in the church and everything's quite different. <clears throat> they are like special. <clears throat> in this church, we never really had that. I, I'm not a product of a Bible school. I just do what I can, you know, and so is Pastor Jason. And basically, we are just God and brothers. If you see the word brothers in the New Testament, it's all over the place. <clears throat> Hundreds of times, all right? Now, is that biblical? God and brothers and sisters, two layers. <clears throat> Actually, it's not. There's a third layer. <clears throat> According to the Bible, for there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all. So, strictly speaking, the organizational church uh, chart of a church is quite flat. God, one person in the middle, called Jesus, the mediator, that allows us to go to God and for us to call God Father, and, and then the rest is brothers and sisters. Of course, we have pastors and all that because it's a certain order we need in the church, but they're not sacred people. They're not special. They don't have a special place up there. Right? They're just us. They're brothers and sisters who God uses to teach, who God uses to lead. Right? But we don't have a special ranking. Okay? So in this church, it's like that, very flat. After we preach, this fellow, this, I call it the Pharisee suit, goes to the back. <clears throat> what the world do you wear this in Singapore? Are you insane? <clears throat> right? <clears throat> And then you just hang it up there and then you walk around and eat with everybody else. Uh? In fact, some people say, Pastor, you go every table and eat. I say, yeah. <laughs> Are you that greedy? I go this here, I got kueh here, I got kueh there, I eat here, I eat there. Why do you do that? Because the son of man has come eating and drinking. You say, look at him, a glutton, a drunkard, a friend of tax collectors, sinners. That's what Jesus did. Jesus was eating and they said, you're a drunkard. You're greedy. All the time, eating, eating all the time. <clears throat> but you know what family is? Family is always about eating, Right? Can you imagine going home for a family reunion and then you say, Hi, Mom, I'm home. And then all of you sit around and there's no food on the table. <laughs> it's almost unthinkable. Every family reunion is always around some food. <clears throat> it lubricates the family spirit. <clears throat> you know, when a mother has all the kids coming home, what's the number one thing she does? Work the whole day in the kitchen. That's what she does. <clears throat> she can't cook, she go and buy, <clears throat> tap out. <clears throat> Right? But the point is, it's always food. And so that's our character almost from day one. What's family? What is church? Church is people. What is Sunday? Family gathering. That's all it is. Rest of the week, we're still church, you know, but we didn't gather, right? We're still a family. You're still my brother. I'm still your brother. You're my sister. But Sunday is a gathering. And around the gathering, food. That's our that's, I think, biblical. And that's what we design all our churches to be. This church, when we designed it, kitchen was critical. <clears throat> critical. And after meals, I hope you will stay. I hope you don't go to your mother's house. Hi, mom. 
Listen, your mother gives you the updates and then you go off. <clears throat> That's kind of weird to me. <clears throat> I would never do that in my mom's house. <clears throat> Why do you do this in your father's house? <clears throat> Stay, eat. We have brothers, we have sisters, right? Unless you have something urgent, I understand. You have some allergies to our food, I understand. But other than that, why? Why are you allergic to us? <clears throat> All right? <clears throat> so, this is something I think is important as family. <clears throat> God's provision. Pastor, Pastor, how come you all never preach on tithing? I said, I never did. 40 years of ministry, I can't even remember preaching once on tithing. Then how you get your money? God, lah. <clears throat> then they look at you like you're weird. You're irresponsible, you know? It's like, for us, we have always worked on this principle. Can I repeat it? Huh? Know God's purpose. When you're in God's purpose, God will provide the people. Then God will provide the people the program. Then God will provide everyone the place. And lastly, God will provide the provisions. Money is last. Now, almost in every church meeting, it's the other way around. Hey, Pastor, how can you do this project? We don't have a budget. It makes me really mad when I go to a committee meeting and we don't have a budget. I say we have a God, excuse me. This God has provided for us for 35 years. Is he going to fail tomorrow? All we need to know is this God's project. That's all we need to know. If it's God's project, God will pay for it. God will raise the people for it. God will raise the program. God will give the place. Otherwise, what kind of God is he? You see, we have believed this, that God will provide. And he's never failed us. Let's always remember, in the 35 years we started, how can you start a church, pastor? You've got no people, no elders. I said, God will provide. God provided the elders. They're still here with us. You've got no Sunday school. How do you, how you start a church without Sunday school? You know, people got children. God will provide. Dr. Chia popped up, doesn't know a thing about Sunday school. She comes to me and says, hey, what program do you use? I say, I don't know. Like, you go find out. <clears throat> so in those days, no internet. No, Go round, 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 round. Find her, find her. Don't know children's evangelism, fellowship or whatever. And lo and behold, there's a program. <clears throat> and place, every time we lack the place, we got kicked out from botanics, we got kicked out from here. God provides the place. Relax. Is it God's provision? Purpose, that's all. All right? So that's always been the five things that characterize us. And now I hope you understand the roots for these five things. Now, each church will have different roots. Some churches have a slightly different emphasis because their origins were different. <clears throat> right? Some may be through a miraculous healing in their life, their church was started, you know. Some had, you know, maybe a different... Uh, kind of their worship is much different because the worship experience touched the, the founder's heart or whatever. <clears throat> and I understand. Every, God has different ways to have different churches to express this God who cannot be expressed by one church, right? So having said these five things, we understand why we're like this now, what the roots were. But the most important part of the message is what will we be? Where do we go from here? Number one, be careful we don't 
turn from a Bible-teaching church to a Bible-bashing church. What do you mean by that? You know, when you know more of the Bible, because you've been fed and fed by Pastor Jason, who is a very excellent expository preacher, you tend to get proud. You tend to look down on those who don't have Bible knowledge. And I hear this from people. Pastor, are you, oh, these people that come to church now, they don't know anything about the Bible. I say, wonderful, they came to the right place. We are the ones that can help them. Hey, I don't want them in my CG. They're so shallow, Pastor. You help them become deep. When God teaches us to do what? To look down on others? Is that our goal? To look at people who are not like us? If God gives you more, is it so you can look down on the rest? God gives you more so you can help the rest. Oh, it really makes my blood boil. Pastor, you know, uh, they ask these kind of stupid questions in the CG. I say, wonderful. <clears throat> All right? And ah, uh, they just want to sing. They just want to do this. They just want to have... I say, you know, thank God we can learn from them. Our singing is quite bad. I'm sorry, Jonathan Chong. I don't mean anything <laughs> against you. All right? <clears throat> but we could improve. <clears throat> our caring, our fellowship. Hey, when people come from other churches, let's learn from them. They have something we don't have. <clears throat> We can always learn, all right? <clears throat> but don't be arrogant. Don't look down on people just because God's given you more, especially the Word of God, right? So I hope there'll never be a church that looks down on other people and says, Hi-yah, Pastor, you know, our church now is so diluted, you know, we're no more like before. I say, thank God we don't want to be like before. We want to be better, <clears throat> right? <clears throat> Next one. <clears throat> There are two kinds of trinity. The real trinity, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. That's a satanic deception. Be careful. It can infect all of us. It's called the intellectual's trinity. Father, Son, and Holy Bible. Not Holy Spirit. Okay, it's very, very common. And I've seen that. It affected me for a while. I was thinking, wow, these lousy churches never did it. And you know, it's always the looking down on the people. And God hates that. God hates pride. Whatever the pride, whatever form the pride takes. <clears throat> All right? And so, be careful. Word without the Spirit, you dry up. Some people, you know, the CGs, the word, the word, the word, the word. And then you go three years later, same group. Only the hair whiter, that's all. Never grow. The word, the word, the word, but dry as a bone. Some CGs, not so much word. Pray for each other, help each other, grow. You see, the word without the spirit, you dry up. Of course, the other way around, the spirit without the word, you blow up. There are some people who just are filled with joy of the Lord and you don't want to do everything, but they have no truth. And they don't know any better. Their pastor looks like a film star, flies around in his jet, and they say, God's blessing. You mad or what? God's blessing? That means Jesus is not blessed. Huh? Apostles are not blessed or cursed, right? Or martyred, right? You mean God's blessings come in the form of material uh, uh, possessions? 
Are you crazy? You have to read the Bible? You know, and they go, oh yeah, Pastor. You see, the word, the spirit without a word, you just blow up. You come all kinds of crazy conclusions. But the word and the spirit, that's what we want. With the word, the spirit, you be Christ-like. You know more, you share more. Right? Not look down on people. So God help us to be not Bible bashers, Bible teachers. Okay? Let's be careful. It's very easy to slip into looking down on people. Secondly, gospel preaching. That's what we do in this church. Preach the gospel, preach the gospel. Bring your friends in. Christmas event, gospel event. This uh, youth time, you know, youth camp. Bring your, your neighbor's kids, you know, everybody. That's our goal. Bring, the God, bring them in and preach the gospel to them. But is that our church today? 30% of the church is missing today after COVID. All right? It's true. That's a fact. 30% have happily watching online messages. All right? For all you online, this message is for you. <clears throat> all right? I won't look at you crowd. I'll look at you guys. All right? <clears throat> now, in the past, we came to church with a goal that if I get clicked into this church, I get familiar with the church, I can bring my mom, I can bring my neighbor, I can bring everyone because I know everyone, and they can come in and be part of this church. Wow, that's, that was the spirit. We wanted everybody to hear the gospel because we knew that was life and death. Now today, you worship online at home. <clears throat> then Christmas comes, you say, ah, Christmas event. You want to bring your mother. Your mother says, you never go to church yourself. You want me to go to church for what? You think your mother's stupid? <laughs> you try to talk to your children, let's go to church on Christmas. You know, you need to hear the gospel and your kids say, you never go to church too. <laughs> you know, the truth is, let's always be gospel preaching, wanting to bring that gospel out to the world. Not seek comfort, all right? Help us. God, help us. <laughs> You stay home, you watch on, at home. Let me tell you, it affect your children, your grandchildren, everybody around you. Your life is going to be the message for your kids. <laughs> I don't care what you say to them after that. <laughs> you can't even wake up on Sunday to go and serve this God. Is he worth serving? That's a question. <clears throat> is he worth worshipping? Is he worth anything? <clears throat> All right. Serving others to serving me. <clears throat> we used to be a church that serves. <clears throat> Now we come to this beautiful building and some people think we are a four-star hotel already. Hey, Pastor, this morning no parking, you know. I say, you want me to be a valet? Uh? <laughs> hey, sorry, la, I'm not valet parking, la, all right? You know, they, they, they expect, you know, everything to be fitting me, you know. It's raining, you know. I say, umbrella, la. You know, all this kind of, it's just, oh, Pastor, I went down, uh, no more food in the kitchen, you know, the food already finished. I said, next week you come and help cook. Lah. You see, we are here to serve. This is not a hotel. You go to a hotel, you don't like the pillow, you say, hey, change, I want another pillow. It customizes for you everything. This is not a hotel. This is not gospel-like country club. We come here because we love God, we love others, and we want to serve them. Even if there's a parking lot, I'm going to go down further down because I've got better legs than the, the old person. I leave my park. car space for them. Why not? Right? You know? But you know, if we're not careful, this place 
does look a little bit like a four-star hotel. So you expect chop-chop service. Sorry, this is not a hotel. Family to institution. What's the difference between a family institution? Institution is very organized. Military, all same haircut, same uniform, all stand the same way. Very neat and tidy. School, all same uniform, all same age. <laughs> Family, Luan. <coughs> Crying baby, old lady cannot walk. Are you old? My uncle forget my name. Oh, wow. Messy! Family is always messy, especially a growing family is full of little kids. But thank God for that. I get scared in this church when they tell me, hey, Pastor, Pastor, have you been to youth group? I say, yes. You know what's happening there? Wow, oh, kids come in, long, long hair, got this, got that, use bad words. I say, praise God. <laughs> they thought this pastor's a heretic. I say, you know what it means? It means this kid needs the gospel. Of all people, he needs to hear the gospel. Wow, this girl has slashed her wrist. You know, without... I said, if anyone needs anything, that girl needs it. You see, family is messy. You want a growing family? Messier. You want a big extended family? Very messy. But that's what family is. We serve one another happily. We make adjustments, we make sacrifices, and we're just thankful. They come in like wailing babies, messy. Hopefully, year by year, day by day, we watch them grow up to be good people. The day this church wants to be institutionalized, neat and tidy like the chairs, I say, close shop. Close shop. Give it to another church that understands what church is. We are not here to be neat and tidy. We're here to reach the last, the least, the lost, the messy. You know, Jesus' life was never neat and tidy. He was surrounded by sick people. You know what sick people do these days? They vomit. They got leprosy. They got all kinds of stuff. They don't bathe. Messy. Demon possessed, falling down at his feet. Kicking away, frothing in the mouth. <clears throat> you tell me that's neat and tidy. <clears throat> he loved them. That's what we want. Don't ever be an institution. <clears throat> there's Raffles Institution, there's all kinds of institutions. We are gospel-like Christian church. <clears throat> Alright? And that is what we want to be, a family. <clears throat> Lastly, never be a church that thinks that we've got to squeeze money out of anybody. Just do the will of God. God will provide. The day this church is asking for money, all this kind of stuff, like as if we're beggars, forget it. Just know it's God's will. God gives through people, but it's not by us pressurizing, using psychotactics, nothing of that sort. Just Preach the gospel. Help them grow in the Lord and God will provide through them. You don't have to squeeze everybody to give a tithe. 
Some are so poor, they can't even support their families. You don't expect a tithe from them. You give them money. <coughs> you don't preach tithing. <coughs> you preach charity. here. <coughs> and those who have money will give. <coughs> and it's more than enough <coughs> in the house of God. So I hope this, as we look back what we are, be careful of the dangers of what we can be. Bible bashers. <coughs> Comfort seekers. Serve me. All right? And then I hope we will always, always be a family. And trust God. <clears throat> so, what's our gospel? Our mission? The same. What we preached last week. Make disciples. Lead generations. A life-changing relationship with Jesus Christ by sharing the gospel helping them grow in the Lord, loving them, right? And then, you'll have an ex-church for today. Uh, in Gospel Light, there are seven points for ex-church. I didn't put it down because you, you go home and you will see in our vision and mission. Huh? Seven points on ex-church for today. What makes a church an ex-church for today? Number one, centered on the Savior. Number two, filled with the Spirit. Number three, rooted in Scripture. Pastor Jason's a master for SSS, all right? Savior, uh, Spirit, Scripture. Number four, <clears throat> faithful in supplication. Number five, genuine in sacrifice. Number six, e effective in soul winning. Number seven, joyful in sufferings. That's what we want to be, that type of church. Okay, too complicated for this message. But let's just remember our roots, where we are now, and where we should be how we ought to behave ourselves in the house of God, which is the pillar and foundation of the truth. May God help us. Church is not this building, it's you. Church is not Sunday, it's us every day. Where you are, are you loving others, more Christ-like in serving others? Right, right where you are. We are church wherever. On Sunday, we are corporate. We come as one to shine a brighter light. But every day, we are gospel light Christian church. You're a gospel lighter wherever God puts you. Okay, let's close in prayer. Lord, we thank you for this time. Thank you that you have allowed us to begin with certain characteristics. Lord, we know you have a plan. You have a purpose for us. Each church has a certain purpose to reflect a different aspect of Christ. Every true church you have allowed. Help us not to be arrogant, think we're better, we're special, etc. Help us, Lord, to just realize we are blessed. We are thankful. We're going to help others in any way we can. So raise up gospel light to be that wonderful light wherever we are, Lord. Help us always to remember we must be the pillar and foundation of truth. People see our lives. That is the message. That is the message that's loud and clear and real. Use us, Lord, to be your light. Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen.